Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 January-born actors in today's episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. So, because... (laughs) For whatever reason, and because the, I guess the idea came to me a couple of months too late, uh, the cycle I'm currently on, but I'll, I'll explain how I'm going to fi- try to fix it. cycle I've been currently on starts these monthly Born Actors uh, episodes on in March, uh, which is fine, um, I suppose, but, uh, you know, it, it just... The, the aesthetic of it really, really bothers me because I get through February and uh, that's the end of the yearly cycle, which on the one hand, you know, it kind of matches up with the Oscars. So there's a little bit of um, a little bit of making it work out that in that way. But I really I really wish I had started in 2017 uh, when I did it with January, but I didn't, and, well, here we are. So, uh, February will be the end of this current cycle uh, from 2019 to 2020. However, here's where the adjustment comes. So, for a year, I did one episode a month with January-born actors, and then, because I didn't want to, like, go right back to that immediately, I went and did a year where I, I went, each month was a different decade uh, as far as when those actors were born. So, uh, unfortunately, I did also start that in March just because I had already done it. So, for that, I started with, you know, people born before the 1900s, then the 1900s, 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and then finally the 2000s as the 12 different slots uh, for for the year. So, what I'm going to do, going to finish out this year, uh, or these this sequence like I would if normally I'll do January and February and then I'll stop but I'm going to push back the decade actor episodes so that I do pre-1900s in January so it's January 22nd as of recording this meaning uh, within the next week and I'm planning to do it next um, uh, next Wednesday I will do the actors born in the 1800s episode and then in february we will get both february born and actors born in the 1900s and then we will kind of shift over from there to just doing the decade born actors and then um we'll be on we'll be on the right schedule and then next january we'll start out with january born actors which means there will be only a year between the january born actor and february born actor episodes and i will do my best to watch a bunch of their films uh, so i don't fall behind in that regard Um, so that being said, uh, I thought I was really behind looking at the names or looking at the people on this list, uh, just a few days ago. And I realized I I wasn't, I realized I'd seen quite a few films from all the people on this list. And so I, I didn't have to worry about it anymore, uh, which is a great, great weight off my shoulders. I could focus on knocking out the remaining Indie Spirit Award nominees I have to watch, uh, get started on February and 1900s and all that stuff really helpful really nice to to get to that point so 
Without any further ado, let us jump into January's top 10, January's, uh, the top 10 actors born in January. Countdown 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, oh no! Number 10. Number 10, the 10th highest ranked actor born in January, was born January 3rd, 1908 in Arizona. Uh, he passed away May 13th, 1985, at the age of 77. Uh, he has 12 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 69.75, no Oscar nominations, a value of 8.5, and a score of 68.29 to be ranked 93rd overall. So all top 10 here are in the top 100 overall. And our first and first up is Kenner G. Kemp. So Kenner G. Kemp... Uh, I had believed he was going to be the 11th highest ranked actor born in January for quite a while. And at the very last second, uh, the previous number nine, which is Charles Lane, um, unfortunately dropped uh, due to a movie uh, that I had missed when entering it into the spreadsheet, for him at least. And uh, that pushed him just low enough to bump Kennergy Kemp up to number 10. Kennedy Kemp uh, also and, and Charles Lane neither were on the list uh, back in 2018, but Kennedy Kemp deserves his spot for the films that he's been in, uh, although perhaps not for the roles or talent that he may may or may not possess. Some of the films he's been in that I've seen include North by Northwest, Spartacus, The Big Sleep, A Place in the Sun, The Thin Man, uh, Cape Fear, and uh, the original. All the King's Men, among others. Uh, I have seen him in a couple of films recently, which didn't really help his score. So uh, he weathered a storm, as it were, uh, with Zabriskie Point, which was just okay, and Destination Moon, which was also just okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that has a picture on his FML or on his letterboxed. Um, profile, but does not have any biography whatsoever. He's got quite a bunch of film credits, though, at 79. So a lot of stuff I still have to see, including, but not limited to, Marnie from 1964. That is a Hitchcock film. The Killers from 1946. Days of Wine and Roses. Advise and Consent. 1939's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, I Wake Up Screaming, and Somebody Up There Likes Me, in addition to a many, many other films. Uh, he is, of course, one of those extra actors that just seems to permeate the top 100 of my, my spreadsheet. And I've been thinking about this, and I don't like the idea of, of you know, intentionally trying to, to ruin somebody's ranking on my spreadsheet. I don't, I generally don't do that. I don't, um, you know, when I'm watching movies from the people on this list, I'm not intending like, okay, well, Kennergy Kemp is so high, I want to watch a bad movie that he's been in. I look at the most popular ones, right? I'm looking at the films that either satisfy some other list or, you know, are just top to bottom, you know, what have most people seen? So what, what can I, you know, what would I 
if I was watching them in order of, you know, I want to see the film that the most people who are listening might be able to recognize, what would I watch next? So in, you know, for Kennedy Kemp in this case, it would be Marnie, which is the most, his fifth most popular film, and I haven't seen it yet. But on the other hand, you know, I, I do think that the reason all of these actors, and, and there's going to be more on this list, make it this high is because initially when I'm going back and I'm watching all these old movies, I'm not really looking for the, you know, the bottom of the barrel from the 1950s. You know, that's, why would I do that? You know, I'm looking for the Oscar-winning films. I'm looking for the best ones, the, the Hitchcocks, the Kurosawas, the ones that everybody talks about, the ones I'm familiar with. And the ones that people talk about are generally the good ones, especially if they've survived for the last, you know, 60, 70, 80 years in, in conversation. And I think inevitably, and I don't know where, I don't know when we're going to crest this wave, but eventually I'm going to hit a point where the number of good older films I have yet to see is going to get smaller and smaller and turn to where I'm seeing a lot of not as good films. You know, it, uh, Best Flowers, who was for quite some time the number one actor on my list, uh, hit that point and that's mostly because she's in everything and um these other actors aren't quite as prolific as she was and uh they seem to be in a lot of the better films at this point and uh, you know i've talked about them a lot and i I, you know i don't have much to say about them which is frustrating uh you know i'm not gonna ignore them and, and act as though they're not on the list but it does make me you know like well kind of cuts kind of kills the mood of the episode when you hear the name Kenner G Kemp and you're like I don't know who that is and I don't know who that is and if I don't I don't expect anybody else to and it's 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 a whole thing so I think eventually I'm going to hit a point where uh, these actors are going to start taking a hit to their scores uh, but I just don't know how soon it's going to be so number 10 from Arizona number 93 overall Kennergy Kemp. Kennergy Kemp. It's a good name. It really, it's melodic. It flows. Number nine. Also new to the list this year. Born January 17th, 1967 from South Korea. Six films that I've seen. An average film rating of 81.83. No Oscar nominations, unfortunately. A value of eight. A score of 69.38 to be ranked 79th overall is Song Kang-ho, probably most familiar at the moment for his role in Parasite uh, as the father of the unemployed poor family, uh, playing the role of Kim Kai-tik. He's also, I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but the ones I have are all very good. Uh, Parasite, of course, is exceptional. Snowpiercer is great. Memories of Murder, The Host, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. And uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance are the six films of his I've seen. There are quite a few on my list that I'm very interested in watching. Uh, but, and uh, fortunately, a lot of them are films I will have to get through. Uh, as far as, you know, looking forward to my 2009 Circle of Film Award episode, he's in Thirst, uh, which is another Park Chan-wook film that I get to see. And uh, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance... Uh, as well and and so on and so forth secret sunshine is one i'm very very excited for from lee chang dong and man song kang ho 
He's got 37 credits on Letterboxd. And he's just... He just... He's so... And I don't know if I'm using this word correctly, but he's so magnanimous. You know, he, he's so full of energy, so full of life. And, and that's even true in Parasite, where his character is relatively, you know, kind of downtrodden, kind of um, soft-spoken of a guy. But in all of his roles, he does... He just... It's so, you know, he... I don't know what the, you know, kind of American analog to him would be, and, and maybe there isn't one, and, and maybe there doesn't need to be one, but he's in a lot of these genre films, you know, Parasite, Snowpiercer, The Host, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, and he manages to fit and, and mold himself into these movies so well, and I think that's such a great talent. I, I'm Parasite, I and I guess Memories of Murder to a, to a, to a degree as well, are the films only films I've seen him in where he's not in a, a real you know type of genre movie quite so much and so i'm interested to see as i get to you know presumably you know like secret sunshine and some of the other films on this list down here Greenfish, uh to see him in a kind of more quote-unquote normal role and uh i think that'll be really interesting and, and see if he thrives because this, the films have these genre elements to them, or, you know, it's just how it happened, it's just what he, what he's kind of been dealt, the hand he's been dealt, or, you know, if he's, if he's even better, perhaps, in, in the non-genre fare. So, in addition to the couple of films I've already named, uh, some other films of his I haven't seen, Joint Security Area, Area from 2000, A Taxi Driver from 2017, The Age of Shadows from 2016, and The Quiet Family. 1998 um, but like I said a lot of films on here that I haven't seen of his but his his filmography aren't isn't that large uh, you know he his breakthrough role was in Greenfish which came out in 1997 so he's been he's been around for a while but he seems to have a, a little more selective uh, approach to being in films and uh, I'm sure that's probably for the better so number nine uh, number 79 overall is Song Kang Ho. Number 8. Born January 27th, 1918 in California. Passing away May 6th, 1996 at the age of 78. Eight film credits to her name. An average film rating of 77.75. No Oscar nominations. A value of 8.5. A score of 70.7 to be ranked 64th overall is Suzanne Ridgway. Suzanne Ridgway. And she, of course, is another of those actors who is just, you know, kind of chilling in the background in the movies that I've seen her in. She is not prolific at all. She's been in 32 films, according to Letterboxd. I'm sure that number's a little bit larger if you go to IMDb. But those movies include things like Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, it's a Wonderful Life, Around the World in 80 Days, The Lady Eve, and uh, the most recent film of hers that I've seen, uh, which I saw quite recently, is uh, Charles Chaplin's Monsieur Vaudeux. And I'm sure I butchered that quite a bit. But suffice to say, uh, she's been in some pretty great films. And uh, that's why she's as high as she is on this ranking. Some of the films of hers I haven't seen, Stranger on the Third Floor, Starring Peter Lore, Peter Laurie, 
Uh, Road to Morocco with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Mystery Street from 1950. The uh, Undercurrent with Katherine Hepburn. Second Fiddle. The Jazz Singer. Hit the Ice from Ab- with Abbott and Costello. And Down Argentine Way. A lot of films. She's got 32 credits on Letterboxd. So I've seen about a quarter of her movies. And uh, quite a few are, are ones I'm you know, familiar with. I recognize the titles of, I've seen the posters before, I've got them on a list here or there or somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, Suzanne Ridgway. Um, there's not much more I can really say about her because, you know, in Monsieur Verdoux, she plays the role of nightclub patron. She also was not on the list two years ago. So a lot of new names and uh, we'll see. Finally, our, our next one will be the first person who, who retains a spot from two years ago. So, number eight, Suzanne Ridgway, number 64 overall. Which brings us to number seven. He was on the list two years ago at slot number four. He's born January 7th, 1971, in California. 25 film credits to his name, up from. 19, two years ago, an average film rating of 64.04, which is down almost eight points from two years ago, a little more than eight points, actually, two Oscar nominations, no wins, a value of 11 and a half, and a score of 70.8 to be ranked 62nd overall. And this is Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, you know, is... A great, uh, he's a very good actor, and uh, every once in a while, I think he he is is great. Even I think he's he's got really good range. He, I like him as Hawkeye, and I you know if you've listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe episodes I've been doing with Meg, uh, I'm not a huge Hawkeye fan, but I do like Jeremy Renner uh, quite a bit. Uh, stuff like the town, and um, you know the immigrant. And Hurt Locker, I think he he's done he's proven himself much more beyond you know the sort of the the Marvel the Born Legacy the Mission Impossible stuff that he's done as well. Arrival, even. Uh, that said, uh, he was fourth two years ago. He has dropped a few spots. No, uh, not, thanks to you know things like Arctic Dogs, which is not not very good. Um, but uh, a tag, which I like, but is an okay movie. So, um, or which one, uh, is he in the newest Mission Impossible? I don't think so. No. Uh, you know, he, he just, I don't know. It's, I feel like there's this potential for, for Jeremy Renner that he hasn't quite, um, hit yet somehow. I think maybe it's because he spent so much time in the Avengers Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the last eight years uh, that he hasn't had that chance. But you know he's still churning out you know the Wind Rivers and you know the Hurt Locker was before, but you know he's in the Ghost uh, the Mission Impossible movies. He was in Arrival. Uh, I, I I really like. I want him to go back to his like his um, Hurt Locker town uh, assassination of Jesse James type movies that he was in right before he got into Marvel. And now that his, you know, his star is so big, 
I, I think he can really just kind of do whatever he wants and hopefully he does good stuff and I think he's more than capable of so I've seen a little over half of the movies that he's got uh, to his credit on Letterboxd some of the ones I haven't seen pretty far down the list here with Dahmer from 2002 The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things from 04 12 and Holding from 05 and 1995's Senior Trip so films I'm not really familiar with at all other than that I've seen them you know three or four times every time I pull up Renner's page uh so yeah Renner manages to stay on the list and he's got a pretty solid filmography that I think will keep him here for a little while longer as well so number seven born in January number 62 overall Jeremy Renner number six number six is another person who was not on the list two years ago born January 15th 1896 in Australia passing away June 14th 1982 at the age of 86 with nine film credits to her name an average film rating of 75.89 no Oscar nominations a value of nine of score of 71.09 to be ranked 60th overall nice there's a little cluster here if you haven't noticed Suzanne Ridgeway 64th Jeremy Renner 62nd and Marjorie Bennett 60th Marjorie Bennett is again uh like so many other people on this list generally a background character in the movie she's in however however uh She's actually given, you know, uh, credits in these films that she's in. In Monster Verdue, she plays Marie's maid, not an uncredited role, uh, in a Chaplin film. In Limelight, another Chaplin film, she plays Mrs. Alsop, credited role. In Mary Poppins, uh, she's got an uncredited role, question mark, looking for her name, not finding it. Marjorie Bennett. There she is. No, she plays Miss Lark, old woman in the park, accredited role. So she's a little step up uh, from some of these other names I mentioned. Uh, I said, I said Monsieur Verdoux. That is the more recent film of hers I've seen. And uh, everything else, I think it's been quite some time. There's a little bit of a gap from. Uh, but the other films that she's been in, Mary Poppins, like I mentioned, 101 Dalmatians, voice performance whatever happened to baby jane my fair lady sabrina and the cobweb as well uh she's got 60 credits on letterbox so i've seen about 15 percent of her movies long way to go and some of those other movies i haven't seen include airport 1975 charlie varick from 1973 coogan's bluff from 68 autumn leaves abbott and (laughs) abbott and costello meet dr jekyll and mr hyde the Night Walker, The Man Who Cheated Himself, and Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Man, I wish they made movies like that nowadays. I guess they do. I guess they do. Things like um, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, that stuff. Like, those are just ridiculous movies that I, I think we need more of. I think so. Uh, Marjorie Bennett. Like uh, some of her predecessors in in the category, I I don't have much I can say about her, but I am looking forward to some of the movies that she's in, and 
uh, her first appearance on the list will likely not be her last because of some of the reputations that these movies come with. So, number six, born in January, number 60 overall. Number five is another name that was on the list previously. Born January 30th, 1974 in the UK. 42 films to his name, the most among the 10 people on this list. An average film rating of 61.26, the lowest of the 10 people on this list. Four Oscar nominations and one win. A value of 13, a score of 71.48 to be ranked 56th overall, completing the little cluster we have here in the low 60s, high 50s range, is Christian Bale. Nominated uh, this year? Was he? No, he missed a nomination for Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, But suffice to say, uh, Christian Bale, in my opinion, one of the best actors alive. Uh, He's got so many so many great roles and it's it's really just wonderful to watch him on the screen for me i think uh you know whether it's batman whether it's uh you know the prestige or american hustle or the big short or vice or ford v ferrari the fighter everything i see him in 310 to yuma empire of the sun hostiles little women even I just I'm so impressed by him every time he's on my screen and it's why I made it such a point to kind of watch all of his movies when I was younger uh, which you know puts me at more than two-thirds of the films he's been in I've seen and most of the ones I haven't seen are difficult to find or documentaries from movies that I have seen some of the films of his I haven't seen uh, include the upcoming Thor, Love and Thunder from 2021, Henry V from 89, Harsh Times, Swing Kids, Mio and the, in the Land of Far Away, 1990's Treasure Island, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, and Royal Deceit among a handful of Batman documentaries. Uh, like the Batmobile and Gotham Uncovered, Creation of a Scene, and Batman Unmasked, The Psychology of the Dark Knight. A lot of those uh, to to see. And, you know, presumably I'll get to them at some point. Uh, yeah, I love Christian Bale. Uh, a long time ago, at this point, many, many years ago, he was my number one actor overall among all actors. Uh, this was long. This was before most of the extras were even on the spreadsheet. This is before. Uh, this is during the old version of the spreadsheet when a film's value was a little different, and it was weighted much more heavily to the top. Uh, things have changed since then, but he's always remained toward the top. I don't think he's ever fallen out of the top 100, and uh, almost and rarely even falls out of the top 50. Currently at 56 right now, but yeah, I big fan of Christian Bale. I will see anything he's in, and uh, I'm glad he's still on the list, and I fully expect him to be there infinitely. That's what I expect, uh, but we'll see. You know, two years ago, uh, when I'd only seen 33 of his films, so nine films ago, he was ranked 16th overall, steadily declining 
uh, bit by bit, apparent, unfortunately. Um, so hopefully Thor Love and Thunder is very good. I have high hopes, and uh, he'll ascend a li- once more. So number five, born in January, number 56 overall, is Christian Bale. Number four, another actor who retains a spot on the list, born January 26th, 1925 in Ohio, passing September 26th, 2008 at the age of 83, 22 films to his name, an average film rating of 66.73, eight Oscar nominations, if I've seen all of them, one win, a value of 13, a score of 74.17 to be ranked 36th overall. Big jump, finally, uh, from Christian Bale to Paul Newman. Two years ago, he was third overall, or third on of January and 21st overall. He dropped a little bit, uh, but still quite high, still in the top 50. I've seen six films that he's been in in the last two years, uh, which probably include HUD, The Verdict for sure, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and the towering inferno inferno to name a few but he's also been in the cars franchise the sting butch cassie and the sundance kid cool hand luke the hudsucker proxy the hustler color of money torn curtain is another as a very very recent film of his i've seen uh so yeah yeah uh paul newman been around quite a while and he's got some great films he was uh, third and had an average film rating of 72.94. That has dropped about six over six total points. And that said, though, Paul Newman's great. I, I think he's another one of those good actors who occasionally rises above to be great. And uh, I think you can see that in stuff like The Verdict. I, I personally love him in The Sting. I love him in uh, Cool Hand Luke. And I, 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 you know, he's not quite as much of a draw for me as, say, someone like a Christian Bale. But, you know, I think you're always, he kind of strikes me more like a Matt Damon, where I think you always know you're going to get a quality performance out of him when you see him in a movie. And uh, he always delivers. And every once in a while, it's it's just, it's even more impressive than you, you expect. And those are the times that are really, really special. So I've seen him in about 22 films. He's got 90 credits on Letterboxd, so i got a long way to go. Some of the films of his I haven't seen. Uh, the Silent Movie, or just Silent Movie from Mel Brooks. Ombre, Message in a Bottle, Harper, Absence of Malice, The Long Hot Summer, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, and Exodus from 1960. Quite a few quite a few a lot of stuff to to see as it turns out but i'm very much looking forward to getting to see some of these movies i'm familiar with quite a with a handful of them silent movie ombre uh long hot summer for sure and and a couple of others as i scroll down here uh you know paul newman i don't know what what else what else is there to say? He he directed a couple of movies, apparently. I'm just learning. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. They include Rachel Rachel 
and the effect of gamma rays on man in the moon marigolds. What a title. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. And the Glass Menagerie, he directed in 1987. So, yeah, there's more to discover from Paul Newman. And I look forward to it. Uh, you know, dropping a spot from two years ago, number four, born in January, number 36 overall, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Number three, another new entry on the list. Um, primarily new entries. I think like four people uh, survived from two years ago. Uh, born January 15th, 1902 in Japan. Passing away December 21st, 1985 at the age of 83. Eight film credits to their name. An average film rating of 82.13, the highest on this year's this, this month's top 10. No Oscar nominations. A value of 10.5. A score of 76.2 to be ranked 23rd overall. We're in the top 25 now with Kamatari Fujiwara. Uh, he's got a pretty unflattering photo on Letterboxd that he's got, you know, just a little bit of hair on each side and, and bald over to all top of his head. But like I mentioned, some of the extras, uh, there's a couple, there's another category of actors which are Japanese uh, who are in a lot of the Kurosawa films and, and other movies that I've seen uh, from that country, especially during, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, Fujiwara, not at all an exception. He's been in Seven Samurai, The Hidden Fortress, Yojimbo, Sanjuru, Ikiru, High and Low, Redbeard, The Bad Sleep Well. Uh, Redbeard and Bad Sleep Well are films I've seen fairly recently. I liked both of them. Uh, they're both, l neither of them are, are my, come close to being my favorite of Kurosawa's films, but they're both very good. Uh, I have The Sword of Doom and Kagimusha, which are the next two films of Fujiwara's I haven't seen yet, uh, and are also um, Kurosawa films. Both of them I am, I'm excited to get into and see for the first time. Beyond that, uh, he's got 93 credits, so I have seen less than 10% of his films. Others that I haven't seen are Tokyo Twilight from 57, Dodeska Den from 1970, Three Outlaw Samurai, Double Suicide, I Live in Fear, The Lower Depths, The Funeral, and An Inn at Osaka. And I think my biggest, it's, here's, here's, the pro, here's the thing, you know, when you're thinking about watching a Japanese film, uh, Kurosawa is generally the first person, first name that comes to mind, with good reason. And I want it you know, I, I do want to watch all these Kurosawa films. I'm very excited to see Kagemusha. I'm very excited to see The Sword of Doom. But, you know, I want to I want to see the Ozu films. I want to see, um, you know, anything, you know, other stuff from that time. Masahiro Shinoda uh, as well. And, you know, kind of see, you know, I, you know, I'm... I'm I don't think Kurosawa is like a one-trick pony or anything. I think his films are very wide, very varied, uh, a wide array of different types of genres and, and, and styles. And you can see Toshiro Mufune playing a ton of different characters. And he's so great. And to say I don't want to see those movies is just incorrect. But, you know, it's it's like watching American films and only watching Scorsese. You're probably fine, and you're probably watching good movies, 
but you're also missing out on a lot of great stuff that's very different from Scorsese. And uh, I think uh, that's been the case for me, uh, especially with, you know, mid-1900s Japan. Um, So Fujiwara is here completely thanks to Kurosawa, and uh, we'll see if that if he can retain a spot this high, you know, when you've only been in eight films and all of them, and the worst one is ranked, is rated a 67, uh, you, you got mostly nowhere to go but down. But if you're just going to keep watching Kuros- if I'm just going to keep watching Kurosawa films, he could definitely keep going up. So, Kamatari Fujiwara, number three, born in January, number 23 overall. Which brings us to our last actor who was on the list two years ago, and in fact was number one out of all January-born actors two years ago uh, at 15th overall. Now he's in the top 10, and there's still somebody above him. Born January 30th, 1930 in California, still kicking. 23 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 6991 four Oscar nominations and two wins. There might be one or two I haven't seen nomination-wise. A value of 17.5, a score of 81.82 to be ranked sixth overall, and there's somebody above him, is Gene Hackman. Uh, I'd seen him in 20 films two years ago, so I only added three in the last two years, Uh, but he's risen. He, He has improved his standing uh, in that time, uh, as far as uh, position over overall is, however, for January he's dropped a spot, and we'll get into that when we talk about our number one. But Gene Hackman, I mean, Young Frankenstein, The Royal Tenenbaums, Unforgiven, The French Connection, The Conversation, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, Superman, Superman Two, The Birdcage, The Firm, The Quick and the Dead, Crimson Tide, Mississippi Burning, Ants, Enemy of the State. Reds, Postcards from the Edge, The Poseidon Adventure, Runaway Jury. It, it just, the list is, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, 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 it's tough. I, I don't, if you ask me who my favorite actors are, or, you know, anything like that, I never, it would take me a long time to get to the name Gene Hackman. And that's not because I think he's a bad actor. It's not because I think, you know, he's not a pivotal reason as to why a lot of these movies are so highly rated. I, it's He is. I think he's great. And I think he's um, had a huge impact on, on film and, and in the years that he worked. And, and, you know, he's retired now. But I don't know. I just There's something about him. He, he just is not a name my mind goes to. And... I've seen most of the films of his that I think he's well known for, and I think the biggest one from a from a the biggest ones from a popularity standpoint would probably be Get Shorty and Hoosiers, although you know there's still The Mexican and Night Moves and Superman Four and uh, Scarecrow and A Bridge Too Far and Behind Enemy Lines and Another Woman and No Way Out and Absolute Power and Heartbreakers and French Connection Two. Wyatt Earp and so on and so forth uh, you know there's so many more movies of his uh, that I have yet to see and I think 
I, I just, you know, that's, it's great. It's a great thing. And I'm, I'm hopeful that as I get deeper into his filmography, you know, I hit the 30, 40 number that I will think of his name more often when that question, why that question pops into my head. I will think of Gene Hackman as a great actor and he is a great actor, but I, I just, I want I wish my mind went there. You know, he has been retired for 16 years now since he was in Welcome to Mooseport, which I've seen, and ashamedly might have been my first one. I don't think it was my first, but was one of my first Gene Hackman films. I'm sure I saw Ants before that, but I wouldn't have recognized him. I'm sure I saw Young Frankenstein before that, Uh, but it was one of my first, and, you know that's uh that is what it is so two years later three three more films hackman has risen overall but dropped in the eyes of january so number two in january number six overall is gene hackman which brings us to our number one someone who wasn't on the list two years ago and in fact was not on my spreadsheet like a week ago. Uh, so there's that. Um, because I watched, and you know, the only reason, the only reason he makes it into the spreadsheet is because I happened to watch Gunga Din, and uh, he's, he's in it. So, born January 11th, 1877, from Australia, Passing October 22nd, 1969, at the age of 92, 22 film credits to his name. So, you know, there's no reason he shouldn't have been on this list, but he was. He wasn't. Average film rating of 70.86, a value of 17, to be ranked, or for a score of 81.96, to be ranked fifth. Just one spot above Hackman. He barely got there, is Sam Harris. I don't know who he is either. He does not have a picture on Letterboxd. Uh, he's, but he's he's born from, um, you know, he's an Australian. He's uh, the movie database lists him as also known as Major Sam Harris. So I suppose he was in the army. He's been in some fantastic films. Judgment at Nuremberg. Laura, The Man Who Knew Too Much. East of Eden, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Dial M for Murder, The Great Dictator. Some Like It Hot, Foreign Correspondent. Uh, You know, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Inherent in the Wind. Gungadin is not a good film. Uh, So I thought it was meh at best. uh, and, And doesn't quite have... Doesn't have quite so many good chemi- good uh, sensibilities nowadays, but uh, has some good, nice moments to it. And see that what happened was, I used to keep a, a folder of bookmarks on, on my Chrome, or you know, I, I wish I'd still did, but I used to keep a folder of bookmarks. Anytime I crossed an actor like, say, Sam Harris, that had been in fifteen to twenty films, was not on my spreadsheet, I bookmarked it. And when I got the time later, I would go back and just add those people onto the spreadsheet as I could. And that list grew quite large. It was, I think, over 100 people uh, for a long time. 
and I really never got much chance to, to make a dent into that list, and it was frustrating, to say the least. So then, uh, maybe this is a fortuitous circumstance, but I accidentally, somehow, I don't know how, and I don't know how I could have done it accidentally even, deleted that entire folder of bookmarks. The whole thing. So, on the one hand, I don't know who these hundred, you know, these hundred people who should be on my spreadsheet but aren't are. But uh, presumably, if they were supposed should be added to the spreadsheet, I'll eventually come across them, at, you know, down the road. And now, I've decided no more folder, no more bookmarks. If they're in the movie, I add them then, and I think that'll work out better. That's what I used to do, and then I, I how did it? I think what happened was. When I broke my finger at work a couple of years back, I didn't, you know, it was so strenuous to enter any info data into this spreadsheet. I just started bookmarking things, and I was like, oh, well, once my hand's healed, I'll go back to it and fill, fill in the rest. And it just didn't happen. You know, in fact, the list just kept growing. Uh, so hopefully this is a, a, a blessing in disguise, and uh, people will not be left off the list in the future. So... Yeah, Gungadin, having seen it recently, uh, because Cary Grant is in it, and he was one of the top actors in January two years ago, uh, also had Sam Harris, and now he's on the list, and now he's a fifth, fifth overall, and uh, pushes Gene Hackman out of the number one spot. So, Gene Hackman, Christian Bale, Paul Newman, Jeremy Renner, the only four to survive from two years ago, and they were the top four back then. Uh, but they survived with good reason, and because they're in a lot of great films, and they're very, very good actors. The other people who fell off the list and did not make it are John Hurt. Uh, I'd seen him in 28 films before this, and or two years ago, rather. And, man, how far did he fall? Uh, he, with 13 films later, uh, he's still in the top 20. You've got Imelda Staunton, who is now 16th after seeing her in seven extra films. Vanessa Redgrave is 14th after seeing her in four more films. Sterling Holloway is 13th after seeing him in seven more films. Cary Grant dropped from 9th to 18th with nine more films. And Bob Peterson is 15th. Uh, when I added five additional films from him. So, uh, all in all, I think uh, a good list, good names, uh, even if some of them are relative unknowns, or even absolute unknowns. So, before I move away from Sam Harris in this episode, some of the films of his I haven't seen. The Killers, which I already mentioned. The Roaring Twenties. Queen Christina. Dance Girl Dance. The Kane Mutiny, This Gun for Hire, Shall We Dance, The Fountainhead, and The Major and The Minor. So, handful of movies there, many of which I'm, I'm familiar with and, and looking forward to seeing. He's got 109 credits on Letterboxd, so I've seen 20% of his movies. So, we will see if the Miracle Man Sam Harris, uh, as he will be aforementioned to be known, if, if he can stay at the top. If Gene Hackman can have a resurgence and steal back the number one overall spot for January 
Uh, and uh, what else will take place when we get to, gosh, it'll be 2022 the next time I do this episode. That's false. It will be 2021 the next time I do this episode. Uh, it's like, wait, that's way too far away. So, number one, Sam Harris. And let me run down the top ten one more time before we close out here. Number ten, Kennergy Kemp. Energy, Kennergy. Uh, number nine, Song Kang Ho, Suzanne Ridgway, Jeremy Renner, Marjorie Bennett, Christian Bale, Paul Newman, Kamatari Fujiwara, Gene Hackman, and Sam Harris. Those are our top. Those are my top ten actors according to the statistics on my spreadsheet. Born in January. Thank you for listening. Today's episode does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can head over to circleoffilm.com or iTunes, Stitcher, most places where podcasts can be found. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can even email circleoffilm at gmail.com about anything and everything in between. You can support the show by becoming a, pa- becoming a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can get early access to all the episodes released early, which currently includes the MCU look uh, retrospective I'm doing with Meg. The second, those episodes are coming out on every Monday and the second one's already been recorded and released for Patreon subscribers. So if you're feeling giving, you don't have to be. If there's other, there's many other ways you can support the show that do not have to be financially. You can like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, or just listen. That's that's the best support you can you can offer. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.